0: Cleveland! This is for you!
1: Talking about balls. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talking About Balls. I am Justin George, joined as always by Kyle Price. Kyle, what's up? What's going on, buddy? For those of you, obviously you can't watch it yet. Once we go to Redline, we will be on camera. But uh, in honor of Malik McDowell, Kyle is nude in my basement right now. He decided dick's out for Malik McDowell. Absolutely. He is in full support. He thinks the cops should have never stopped him. When you're down in sunny Florida, first off, Florida's a lawless county. Yeah. Like, you could do whatever you want. Pants so, off, dance off. I it, mean. Beautiful weather. When I think of Florida, I think of naked people. I think of being on the beach. I do. Nude, sunbathing. Absolutely. What's wrong with doing it in the middle of the road? He was just proud to show off his dick, clearly. Yeah. He was going for a jog yeah. to stay in shape he for football seemed in season. Good form for the jog, yeah. He's getting a little vitamin D, which is not a bad thing. And he, showing he was showing, showing some a little D. <laughs> yeah. showing, showing a lot of D. Uh, and he, yeah. had good,
0: he had good blocking form, too, on that cop. Like he was just practicing.
1: See, this is where we're going to differ. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. He charged at the cop full speed. Oh. Didn't even knock the cop that's, over. That's that looked true. like a 50 year old man that oh. wasn't in good shape. The cop took it. He's him. an NFL defensive lineman. You charged him and couldn't knock him over. No wonder our, our rush defense wasn't that good this so, year. So
0: you say saying our, our coaches are watching going, nah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, th- I think <laughs> instead
1: of watching any of the the 16 games or whatever he played in this year... That's his new tape. That's teams are going to be like, well, I don't want that guy. Why? Because he's naked and charging a cop? No, because he couldn't even knock him <laughs> over. That's all. It is. <laughs> it's all on tape. He it's doesn't have the tape. strength to to create a push. And I think that's why his career will really be ending. But they're going to they're going to play it out like it's because he went crazy. Oh yeah. But it's strictly because he no longer has it. Yeah, that he just doesn't have the physical abilities. Yeah, he
0: didn't look so good there.
1: No, I mean when you charge it, not a shaped cop as an
0: NFL player, maybe it's because he didn't get into three point stance to, to come out of it. I mean
1: he had a full bull rush going on and he missed it.
0: I don't know. I'm not impressed. Miles is probably a little. To me, upset that looked right like now.
1: that. That ref was a guard and they were running a screen and he just backed up a little bit, let him come at him. Where do you think Miles puts that 50 year old cop at? That cop is, <laughs> he is literally going <laughs> through those bushes. <laughs> And they are probably he's going to grab onto him so he doesn't fall, and he's going to have so much force because of Miles hitting him that's just going to rip the bushes right yeah, out of the ground. Yeah. Would Jesus. have been incredible. Would have looked like a Marvel movie if, if Miles Garrett hit him. What a, so who had the over under on
0: one week out of the off season where something happened to a Browns teammate?
1: Well, technically it was a little over a week. Oh, I see. A little okay, over. Better. So our season ended last Sunday, and we are now. This happened on Tuesday or Monday, whatever the day it was that it happened. So true we, fashion, we are off and running. You know, give or take eight days. Yeah. So that's over. If you took the over, I'm proud of you. Uh, But yeah, really fucked up situation. Nobody knows exactly what's going on. I have the story right here. I'll read you a little clip. And all it says is that an hour earlier to the video being like found of him being naked outside because obviously who knows how long he was really outside before people started you filming can't it miss a big black dude running around the street running naked in or... florida that nah, maybe you're probably right. a regular maybe. occurrence uh, let's be honest i mean that's where the bath salts incident was famously happening oh at. yeah pretty much any good story in the news starts maybe it's a man. bath salt situation it's possible it's, it's popular down there hmm. so the story here <clears throat> it says an hour to the video mcdowell was seen at a gym TMZ published footage on Wednesday showing him casually greeting people at the gym, sharing a few hugs, having a good time. A source close to McDowell has since confirmed the authenticity of the video. From there, the 25-year-old Detroit native reportedly went next door to a hotel where he was staying in Deerfield Beach to take a shower. McDowell then emerged naked less than an hour later And wandered over to the nearby preschool known as the learning experience. And boy did they learn something that day.
0: (laughs) Do you think it was Sex Ed Day? Like uh Uh, Anatomy? Whether they wanted
1: it or not. (laughs) It was Big Ben's sex day because they weren't looking for it, but it happened. Can we
0: can we talk about the fact that this the side note, TMZ? TMZ's they they have every breaking story ever. Do you think if TMZ was around back in the day, like we'd truly know who shot JFK? (laughs) <laughs> because it's like yeah, I mean, they have like the head start in every story like the the Bob Saga thing it was re- released with TMZ wave yep way earlier than anyone else got their hands on it i think they had the betty white thing way further than anyone else it's like i mean it's like they let's be honest
1: betty white's death you could have had I that know, one in your I in know. your in your drafts on twitter i'm sure but <laughs> you it could have been ready like, to fire that off any it's, day and
0: it just seems like everyone has like the first <clears throat> informations all through and through tmz tmz is the one that had this video first yeah. tmz sports it's like I, I i'm wondering how many people they
1: employ i think what it is i'm not exactly sure how news stations work and stuff like that but my guess is tmz just has so many sources that when news breaks, what I'm guessing happens is people try to sell it. And they're like, hey, we have this story. Malik McDowell did this. Who wants it?
0: TMZ, TMZ just outbids it. everybody. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's my guess because they want the clicks. They want to be first. They want to be credited in every article. Like this article I'm reading, it's on the Daily DailyMail.com in the UK. <clears throat> And Everything on here links for TMZ, it's crediting TMZ with the story. So, they I mean, what, a, their, what, a, what their name's a, on every article. What a business that guy runs! They're there, doing man. a great he's, job. I mean, I remember that show was on Fox 8. I never really watched it, but it was always on. And I, was I used like, to watch it it was
0: fuck? always funny watching the weird stories. They yeah, come up they with. just
1: always catch like some like Bam Margera in the middle of the street and just interview him back when he was kind of normal. Oh, he's not normal now far from it he's <laughs> about as normal as malik mcdowell i
0: heard that in, another side note i heard that he uh is in part of the movie still i guess part he, of his first- yeah
1: so i'm guessing i mean he was there they started filming it with him on set and then all the shit went down with him <clears throat> reportedly relapsing etc so i'm guessing they're going to use whatever footage they had with him plus he helped write bits that they ended up doing so does that mean so he's going to get paid for some of this movie? Yeah, I mean, they have to credit him with anything that he was technically a part of. So I'm sure they've worked that out legally to make sure he's going to be a part of it. It's just yeah. he's no longer – his contract doesn't hold up for as much as he was expecting to get. Right, true. But,
0: All right, back to sports, sorry.
1: Just, yeah, so Malik McDowell, the Browns, are more than likely going to be letting him go soon, regardless of what happens. I mean
0: – Well, good thing we're deep at that position. We don't need more of those people. Yeah,
1: we we need defensive <laughs> tackles in the worst. like, he needs to put clothes on. It's fucking bad. <laughs> um. The the thing is though, I mean, regardless of his his lawyers coming out and saying that, you know, they think he he got slipped a Mickey basically, and he you know he got all fucked up, and he hadn't you know he didn't know what it was. Somebody must have put something in his drink or whatever. Maybe the pre workout just kicked in way too late. Even then, this is not far from his first incident. He's already gotten tased by cops and fought cops. He's already been he's had like six DUIs. The guy's a but every incident he's had's been alcohol related though.
0: Right, not drug related, related or anything like that. Uh, I don't know. Was he drunk when he got
1: arrested in Michigan? Yeah, I think everything he's had that's been oh, okay. like alcohol related. I thought the one he just got pulled over and just was argumentative with the cop. But yeah, I mean, he has been. He's gotten so many DUIs; it's ridiculous. Yeah. And he had the head injury when he first came into the NFL, second round pick. So he's he's just known for fucking up. Yeah, it seemed like his life was on track, and because he's in prison <clears> for a while, right? Yeah, he was. He he six missed, months or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. He missed, you know, most of his the beginning of his career was missed because of these fucking screw ups off the field. But the talent's there, and well, I think he might have. Anymore, it? it might be over. Yeah, I think this is the last strike. So it's unfortunate because he played well. He's a serviceable player. I mean, nothing to write home about. Nobody that I was thrilled to keep. You know, it sucks to lose him because, as we said, we need the depth. But at the same time, if if Andrew Barry can just get us a couple more defensive tackles and even upgrade the the players, we'll be fine. It's yeah. going to be no harm, no foul. You probably won't even hear about this guy ever again. It's unfortunate, but that's just the life of a Browns fan. On the team, right? Which one? Tank or Tack? Tack? Tack McKinley. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's a D end. He uh, he's the one who tore his Achilles and like. But he's still the, week D- there's the one That's the one. No, we were he, kinda... had a, he had a one year deal. Oh, he was one that we were kind of worried about too, right? That he. Had some uh, yeah, he's the one who basically quit on the Falcons when yeah. that he was a first round pick for them. And then he went to the Niners, and he, only, he was only there for like two weeks A lot of one-year deal players we had this year. Because a lot of these guys do come with a little baggage. So it's just weird that Malik McDowell wasn't a one-year player, and he had the most red flags out of anybody. And then Tack McKinley, <clears throat> all the talent in the world, just didn't have the heart and the drive to stay focused. So we gave him a one-year prove-it deal. And then unfortunately, he tore his Achilles, which is a bummer because it's probably going to cost him most of next season. Mm-hmm. And with his status of not being the most reliable player... It's only going to hurt him down the line. So really, it's a shame that he got hurt. So is this a, <clears> is this a lesson with the, uh, the front office that we need to stop taking and rolling chances with these players that have issues in the past? No, no. I don't think so. I mean, I think they understand that when you sign a guy. Because look at the, all the good with the bad. You have Kareem Hunt, who had the, the red flags, the off-field issues. He was cut. Nobody else wanted him. We took a chance on him. And now he's one of the better running backs in football yeah. when he's healthy. So it, it can definitely pan out. And even Malik McDowell on the field, no issues. He played fine, did his job. Just happened to go get fucked up in Florida in the off season, and it is what it is. Now it's time to make cuts anyway, so it sucks. Yeah. But it could have been worse; could have happened mid season during a bye week, something like that, and been a real distraction.
0: Just hate seeing those story articles that lead in with the uh, Cleveland Brown defensive tackle, blah 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 blah. You know, yeah. It's always-
1: At least with this one though, like clearly there's something either mentally wrong that caused yeah. this, or he was drugged, or you know who knows what happened. But it's not like your typical. Josh Gordon fails another drug test or Cleveland Brown quarterback found floating on a pink flamingo. Yeah, in Vegas. something like that. This one's more like who knows what happened with this guy. And the other thing too is in this day and age with the with the the mental illness stuff, if anything, everyone just not feels bad for him, but they're kind of like they look at it a little differently than just like, oh, this guy's a fuck up. Now everyone's yeah. kind of like, oh, that's sad. He's got head injuries and shit. Like he's clearly a lost soul. So right. I don't know. It is what it is. Like wah, I said, he'll he'll wah, be cut. Wah. Yeah. It's just the Welcome to the NFL. Time to get bigger and better. No pun intended.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I felt a dick pun in there.
1: Um, One thing I I wanted to talk about this week, because we completely forgot to talk about it last week. It was was forgettable. It shows you how there was a... I'll, I'll talk a little bit, too, because on the radio today, somebody brought it up. Or maybe it was yesterday. Whenever. Who the fuck cares? And somebody mentioned that the college football championship needs to stop being on Monday night.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I I hate watching it because it's on Monday night.
1: College football is a Saturday sport. When you think of college football, it's Saturday. Always. Forever and always. And they do the national championship the day after the final day of the NFL, where all the playoffs and shit get officially set up. It's called Black Monday because all the coaches start to get fired. Um Obviously, if you have great games like the the Raiders Chargers finale, that's something everyone wants to talk about the next day. No one wants to talk about the championship game that was right. happening 12 hours it later. It gets buried in a news cycle. 100% buried. Uh, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I barely watched the game. I think I watched the first quarter because after halftime, I was like, I'm going to bed. I turned it on around halftime because it was a low scoring first half. Yeah. So I was like, I was keeping up with the score on my phone. But when I could see that it was like 6-3 to three or whatever the score was, I was like, well, I'm not missing anything, so fuck it. I'll put it on later. Right. Like, obviously, this is going to be a close game. And then it wasn't. I think I turned it off right when that guy tore like tore his ACL or tore his knee Okay. The Alabama receiver. Yeah, Jameson Williams, I think his because name he is. Because he's like a top prospect. Yeah. You know?
0: I, I was watching some of these people who might potentially be someone the Browns might try to take, you know. Yeah. Um, but that guy's fucked now. So. I,
1: uh... I barely watched it, and then I turned it on in the second half. my main My main thing was I wanted to see the Bob's Burger movie trailer. That was the doesn't the, didn't disappoint. No, it looks good. I, I'm excited for it. I'm a big Bob Bob's Burger fan. Is um, that
0: being released? To, I, I got another side note. Is that being released to a a streaming platform?
1: Don't know. I didn't see it. I they would they assume take the South Park route. No, I, I think because they they're on Fox and like Fox doesn't have their own programming on the app. I think it's going to be a theater release. Interesting. I will go watch that. I will too. I think we're we're getting a little past the straight to apps. I think this is gonna going 2020, to be twenty twenty years. Unfortunately, twenty twenty two is is going back to the old days of yeah. theatrical releases. We'll see, but I, I look forward to it. I like Bob's Burgers a lot, but to me, that was the best part of the game. Uh, obviously, Georgia won. Alabama lost. Uh nothing really too great. I mean, you had George's defense. I remember I picked them to win in the SEC Championship game because I liked their defense and they shit the bed. Now they meet up again and the defense steps up. It was it was a fun game at times. There were some fun things to watch, but overall uh nothing memorable. Honestly, the the most memorable part of that day for me was watching all the coaches get fired and worried about the NFL because uh, I'm, I'm a college football fan to watch and to scout, but in terms of teams,
0: prospect, yeah,
1: yeah, I like Ohio State, and I don't care about any other team. So Georgia, Alabama, I'm like fuck it, who cares? Well,
0: you can't, you can't like, I, I can't, I can't remember the last time a national championship was worth watching.
1: Yeah, I mean, even even last year with Ohio State in it, uh it was a decent game for the first half, and then Georgia, Alabama blew us out. So. It's one of those games of like cool. This this was fun for an, a quarter if that. Justin Fields looked good in like the first quarter right. and then Ohio State completely fell apart. Right. So, yeah, I'm with you. Even with Ohio State in the game, I didn't watch most of the second half cuz mm-hmm. it wasn't worth watching. Right. Yeah. And and for me like when you watch players for scouting purposes all year, one game like that's my favorite thing with with fans is when the draft gets closer, someone will bring up a bowl game. And they're like, I saw this guy in the bowl game. He put up these numbers. We got to take him. And it's like, all right, watch his whole body of work. Don't just watch one game. If what you think defines a player is in a bowl game or at the the senior bowl or their pro day, that's not how you scout people. This is where you just look for footwork, things like that, in quarterback terms, like specifically. I thought you scout by just showing up to the combine and watching them. Uh, that's only how Hugh Jackson and the Browns did it. <laughs> they did they dumped water on the football for we're going to watch sky run 40.
0: Oh, he's quick. We're going to go ahead and uh, we're gonna take him. Well, that's
1: that's the Al Davis and Mark Davis routine. If somebody's fast, they're taking him. There's no question about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, this late into the season or into the year, I should say, yeah, all you're looking for at this point is just consistency with things and footwork and mechanics and stuff like that. It, pretty much everything's already set. There are going to be people that change. We'll talk about it more as the offseason off progresses with like the combine and shit like that. Yeah. But I look forward to talking about it. But you're not going to learn anything in one game, people. So let's not hear. I hate listening to the radio and they say, Browns need to draft this guy because I saw his bowl game. I hate that. Watch yeah. the whole body of work before you come to a conclusion on somebody. There are unlimited possibilities when it comes to scouting. You can look up scouting reports for players you can watch youtube clips people put highlight packages together where you can watch entire games just their plays in a row and it's super fast i love doing that um but yeah there's other ways to do it and watching the championship game is not one of them for me and i did not watch most of this game no it wasn't worth watching not at all one game that was worth watching on mlk day they honored the man the myth the legend martin luther king Junior, the Cavaliers, beat the Brooklyn Nets in Cleveland. That's a hell of a game. They were without Kevin Durant, but, I mean, a win's a win. And they still had Kyrie Irving and James Harden. And Brooklyn, what I learned today that I did not know, is they have, like, a top 13 defense, I think it is, which, I mean, it's not great. Yeah, but that's still a good defense. I didn't realize their defense was that good. I kind of thought Brooklyn was one of those teams that's like, we're just going to outscore you. But they actually bring a little defense to the table, and... They were, they played well against the, uh, the, the Cavs, the Cavs had to make a couple comebacks. Both teams had leads at one point, both teams blew them. Um, it was a really fun game. Honestly, it's something cool about a 3 PM Monday Cavaliers game. You don't see that often. The
0: defense for the Cavs is what just blows my mind. Every time I watch them, like the ability to lock these players down, uh, Isaac Okoro, man, he is playing out of his mind yep. defensively. Um, the fact that, you know, they they the takeaways, the steals, the, I mean, Garland, every every game Garland plays, it's like, Jesus, what else can this kid show me? Um, yeah, what's just,
1: the number for him the last few games? He has, like, 50 assists and five turnovers. Yeah, that's it. It's insane that's to me. That's nuts.
0: Like, he works within an offense so perfectly, and, yeah. like, he just, he manifests plays to happen. Um, I, I did read an interesting, I did hear something interesting today in the radio. I'm going to get your take on it. Is do you think that J.B. Bickerstaff is like running a kind of a uh, a small rotation? Um, someone referenced that the rotation he's running is kind of like a playoff rotation where it's really tight. And because was mentioning uh, Windler, that, that, that he should come off the uh, the the bench more because he's he's a he's a good shooter. Yeah, you know, he would stretch the floor. He'd give you some of those target shots, 10, 15 minutes a game. But he's not getting those minutes. And they feel he's running a really tight rotation, which maybe could burn some people out. Uh, but they are young, of course. But uh, I don't know what, what your thoughts are on that. I mean it was just an interesting take. Um it's I think, a good it take. Chris, I think it was Chris Rose who I was think on. it's
1: more so we're just stuck right now because of the injuries. Yeah. We don't we don't have the depth that we had. I mean, think about early in the season. We had Colin Sexton, Ricky mm-hmm. Rubio, we had these guys that could cycle in and cycle out. Right. Now we don't have them anymore. We had to make some tough decisions. Obviously we had to let go of Tackle Fall. I think we kept him in our G League team, but uh we did have to make some moves. And I think that's just the big problem is is you you go from I forgot who it was today. It was Brad Doherty. He was on, on a radio show and he was talking and he said, you know, you think about Rubio and Sexton going down The Cavaliers lost 40 points right there from those two players. They put 40 points up a night combined. The Cavs lost that and haven't skipped a beat. That says everything I need to know about this team and, and how they're built. But again, you look at it as you lost Colin Sexton and Ricky Rubio two of your, your, you know, to your top two guards. You have to replace him with Dylan Windler, who's good. He's serviceable. And then you have to replace them with like uh, Stevenson or, uh, What's the kid that they just got, Brandon Good Goodwin? Yeah. You have these young kids that are still trying to kind of find their way in the league, and they're not exactly reliable nightly people, right? So I think Bickerstaff's just doing a perfect situation, and, and I mean, Winler's been getting a lot of playing time actually. So if it was Chris Rose that said that he needs to, yeah, he said he's only averaging like maybe eight eight minutes a night, and he the... needs to stay off the the sets of Hollywood and watch <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little more Cavs games because Winler's actually playing a lot. I, uh, but there's this, he
0: says that he that he needs to run a deeper rotation, I guess. And then the other thing that was brought up today too was a trade deadline. Any thoughts? You think the Cavs might or might not do?
1: Oh, well, I mean, I still think they're going to go after a guy like Chris LeVert, something like that. You do need a you do need a a, a three. Can I hear Eric
0: Gordon's name being brought up?
1: I could see Eric Gordon as a fit. I, I I saw that as well. That would be good. I mean, you got a nice veteran, mm-hmm. a guy that can score, uh, coming off the bench. I mean, we've been doing all this without Rondo. Rondo's got that, what is it, a groin injury or a hamstring yeah, or something like that? Yeah, he's sitting out tonight, but I yeah. think
0: his chances of coming back next game are pretty good or whatever. Yeah, yeah
1: it's not, nothing serious, but again, you have another guy out, and the Cavs are still finding ways to win with these guys that some of them might not even be in the NBA if it weren't for the Cavaliers' depth issues, mm-hmm. which is a good sign. I mean, that's a good thing to have, and then Bickerstaff's bringing them in, and they they buy in right away. The team's not skipping a beat. It looks like they've all played together for years, even though some of the guys— realistically barely know each other probably yeah they win tonight i think they move into second in the east right yeah
0: which that's, it's that's a huge crazy game and to uh, even say that sentence right it's
1: now. fucking nuts i think we're almost to the the halfway well, we're past the halfway point of the season and the cavaliers could potentially be in first place in the east going into all-star break which is yep. crazy to me yeah it's fucking nuts um yeah they do play tonight they play the chicago bulls the chicago bulls are without uh uh what's his face Ball and um, oh balls out too. Yeah, balls out too. I didn't know that. Okay, so I knew the other one. Wow, the dunker. I forgot his um, name. Zach Levine? Zach Levine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but balls out too. That's why
0: I said before we started recording. I'm like, I wish it was like a fuller, like a fuller team. I wanted to see more competitive. I mean, they should win tonight. I would assume. Realistically,
1: yeah. I mean, uh, what's his face? The kid that they got, Derozan. He's been playing out of his mind since he got to Chicago. Last time we played the Bulls, he he did not play, and we won that game. And now they're shorthanded again. So, I don't know. I mean, honestly, the Cavs are just doing exactly what they should do, and that's whoever's in front of them, they they play them, and they win, for the most part. So, that's all you need to do. You can only play who the schedule you're given, and injuries or not. I, I also look at it, too, as it does, I, I'm with you, it would be nice to see them beat a full strength team, uh, a little bit of a confidence boost, a little bit of a, look at us, we're, we're for real. However, I also kind of look at it, too, and I'm like, you know what, fuck them, because We had so many injuries so far, losing Rubio and Sexton. We've had so many guys out with COVID, so many issues we've had to deal with that I don't feel bad for other teams. Like, for instance, beating the Nets on Monday without Kevin Durant. With Kevin Durant, we probably lose that game. They're at full strength. They have their three-headed monster. They have Kyrie. They have Harden and Durant. And, I mean, we only won 114 to 107, which is the score looks a little further away than it really was. It was a one-possession game with, like, a minute to go. Uh, But full strength, we probably don't win that game. But they weren't full strength, and fuck them. That's just the way the, the cookie do you think, crumbles. Do you think the Cavs would do well in a seven game
0: series, five game series against you know most of the East?
1: Yes, everybody. But hmm, it's tough to say. I would look at it as like I think I think Brooklyn in a seven game series if they're healthy, Kevin Durant is that next level kind of player. We don't have a chance uh, against the Sixers. Kind of the same thing with uh, Joel Embiid. Great player, one of the best players in the NBA. Obviously, uh, do our big men contest? You don't, with you don't Joel think
0: uh, Allen could go up against Embiid pretty well?
1: He could, but I mean, Joel Embiid is just so fucking good. I mean, he's going to find his, he's going to score regardless, and they have a really good supporting cast around him. So that one would be interesting. That one, I would be like 40 Sixers, yeah. Whereas like Brooklyn against the Cavs, I would say Brooklyn like seventy five percent chance they win. That be, series. i series.
0: Even at this point, going into a playoff, being the number three. Or even number two team, I would be just over the fucking moon, knowing that we didn't even think we'd make the fucking playoffs going into this year, this year, before this year started.
1: 100%. I mean, I we talked about it last week a little bit, that, that you and I have both been anti-Kobe Altman. I was all for him getting fired. I hated him before the draft. But leading up to the draft, I, I loved Evan Mobley. As you know, we, were, we watched the draft live, and... I didn't realize he would be this good this fast. He, he, he was the kind of player that I thought was going to take a year to kind of get into the NBA rhythm. He needed to put on some weight because he was so thin. Who fucking would have guessed that this kid was going to turn into what he is? And, it's, and he's, he's still growing. He's still
0: adapting his uh, game and learning me. learning to do certain things and new things. It's I mean, him in three or four years is going to be pretty scary.
1: 100%. And then on top of it, you have guys that, you know, Darius Garland, who saw this version of Darius Garland coming? I did it. No. Who saw Jared Allen signing this $100 million mega contract and only getting better? Right. And the funny thing, I, I forgot who it was. I was, I was listening to like an, an, uh, an analyst the other day, and they were saying that Jared Allen's not doing anything different. He's playing his same exact game. He's just gotten more comfortable and more confident in it, right. and that's why it's so much more successful. And he's got on
0: the record and said that he's just excited to be in a team where he's growing with the team because they're all young. And yeah. They're all growing up together and learning this together and being that core team.
1: Like He was drafted by Brooklyn, and when he was there, uh, I don't remember what year he was drafted. I'd have to look it up. I don't feel like doing it right now, but uh, he's been there a few years, and that was with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. They'd been there a couple of years, <clears throat> but that's the kind of team where they're building to win now. So when you're in a situation like that, we saw it with, with LeBron when he was in Cleveland, when you do that, you know most of the people on the roster aren't going to be there next year. So like, like you said, with him growing, this is a nice core most of these guys will be here together for the next five years or whatever, whereas in Brooklyn, it's kind of like, alright, we have this guy, this guy, we're going to trade for him, we're going to trade this guy, we're going to cut this guy, we're going to do this. It's yeah. constantly moving. moving. And for him, it's, it's probably hard to get a rhythm as a, as a player. Because yeah, the, the amount of chemistry it's young. on his team is crazy. It's insane. Um, really quick to Chris Rose's point, we have... Oh, you looked up the minutes played? Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, if I could find him, there he is. Dylan Windler is averaging ten and a half minutes a game. Okay. So, up here is Chris Rose. <laughs> He's getting plenty of minutes. Um, but all seriousness, though, yeah, I love the Cavs. Uh, one thing I want to talk about was Kyrie Irving the other day, oh. Monday. So he got a little heckled, which happens. Rightfully so. He deserves it. And Did you hear what the heckler
0: said back to him afterwards?
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, so the, it started off, the guys yelling at him, and he said, Kyrie, do you need LeBron? And he didn't say anything, and then he comes back, and then the guy says, hey, Kyrie, where's KD? So they're basically just rubbing it in that he can't win without anybody good, which is funny because you know that's a a touchy subject with him because he left Cleveland specifically because he hated being LeBron's shadow. He wanted to branch out, prove that he could do it on his own. He goes to Boston, failed miserably, did nothing. They never won anything. He got hurt. They hated him there. All the more reason that joke's funny.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And then he
1: goes to Brooklyn where he, quote unquote, wants to, you know, he left LeBron. He's got to get out of the shadow to team up with Kevin Durant and then to team up with James Harden, who they traded for. So he just left a three-headed monster in Cleveland to suck. and I mean, he had good years in Boston, but he couldn't stay healthy. They never won shit, so it's irrelevant. And then goes to Brooklyn to just be a part of another three-headed monster. Yeah. So he's just proving that he can't do it on his own, which is fucking hysterical to me. So those fans heckling him, I am all for it. And then Kyrie's rebuttal was, you motherfuckers are ungrateful. I won you a championship. Yeah. Which, decent rebuttal, but at the same time, Kyrie, it's like, yeah, you got us a championship and then you fucking tuck your tail between your legs and skip town. Right. Could have had more championships. If you weren't a fucking head case, you could have stayed here and this thing could be great. And I love that this Cavs young Cavs team that Kyrie abandoned. Obviously it was, you know, five years ago, whatever there, they just beat him yep. in Cleveland. And it just makes, makes it so much sweeter to me. And, obviously, we all know the drama that Kyrie brings off the off the court. He's a fucking nutcase.
0: Yeah, the entire, like, uh, the vaccination thing is just mind-blowing. Like, let's get fucking vaccinated, man. Right. Like, like you're, what? you're hurting your team half the time.
1: Let's say 90% of the NBA is vaccinated. Yeah. One player, can you name one player that it's affected their game? No. One player that's missed time because of the vaccine. One player None. that's done anything wrong nothing that i know of no who's the guy in the headlines that's missing games and fucking up their team chemistry Oh, Kyrie, the guy that won't get vaccinated and he gets COVID like the first week and he then yeah, he gets welcomed back and immediately get head COVID. um but yeah so he he said that you motherfuckers are ungrateful i got your championship and the guy responded and said just one though <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which it's funny because like in the moment that's like it is a snarky thing to say but at the same time like i'm grateful as fuck for that championship however i tweeted it yesterday i said you know thank you so much for this the 2016 championship but go fuck yourself. Like, that's, that's my direct line to Kyrie Irving because you want it out of here. So, cool. You were part of a championship team, and then you want it out. So, yep. fuck you. Go yep. out. Go somewhere.
0: Yeah, and that's done nothing for him. And I hope yeah. – I mean, it was fun beating him. It's always going to be fun beating that team. And I hope we continue to do it into the playoffs.
1: 100%. Like, I, I I, look at it, too, Is like even with LeBron. Like, when LeBron left for the Lakers, I love LeBron James. He's my favorite basketball player of all time. I personally think he's the greatest basketball player of all time. I know that's debatable for people, but I hate when he left. So I tweet shit. I I talk shit to him. He got me a championship. He's been the greatest player to ever put on a Cavaliers jersey, but I can still talk shit to him because fuck you, you could stay.
0: Huh? Mark Price has been. It's okay.
1: (laughs) Mark, Mark Price isn't even in my top 10, but, uh, (laughs) that's also a little before my time, but, uh, but, yeah, like, you know, LeBron, you left Cleveland. Go fuck yourself. However, thank you for 2016. Sure. It's simple. Uh, but thanks yeah. for all the years of almost getting those rings. And even that, killing himself almost for this team, putting the team on his back. I mean, when you take a team with Sasha Pavlovich in the starting lineup to the finals, kudos. You're the GOAT. You're that, the greatest no, that, of that all was time. Was that the Spurs year? 2007, Bo- yeah. Booby Gibson? Booby Gibson, Sasha Pavlovich, the Janice uh, Drew Gooden, uh Day J- Jones, yeah, Damon Jones. Those that's who LeBron carried to the finals. <laughs> and people are like, still talk shit about he's not that great. I just I don't understand it. Um don't get me wrong, if you don't think he's better than Michael, that's completely fine. But if your number one and number two overall for the NBA is not Jordan and LeBron, then I just won't hear any argument. I won't listen. I'll never listen to somebody that even pretends that Kobe Bryant's better than either of those two.
0: He's a very close third.
1: He's he's in the top five for sure, but not even close to LeBron and Michael. <laughs> um, but yeah, so excited for that. Cavs are playing in about 15 minutes. They'll be taking on the Bulls for a little Eastern dominance, hopefully.
0: second place.
1: Now, here's something I wanted to go over with Kyle that I, I, t- I briefed him on, and I did not tell him anything else. So this is an article from ESPN.com. It was written by Jeff Legwold. Oh, it sounds legit already. ESPN senior writer. Never heard of him, but this is his ranking of the top 10 2021 NFL rookie class.
0: Offense, defense, or all mixed together? Everybody. Okay.
1: Uh, AFC, NFC, everything mixed up. So I'm going to go from 10 to 1. I want your thoughts, and I'm going to give you my thoughts also, because that's what we do here. Number 10. Well, first off, I'll start with the just missed. Here's a couple just missed that I think would be interesting for you to hear. Okay. So we have your boy from Fantasy Football. Yeah. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown absolutely from the, the Detroit Lions had a great Steal second half of the season, came in clutch for anybody with the playoffs or with uh, fantasy football playoffs on the line because he was so good. Um, but overall, body of work, beginning of the season, was yeah. a dud. So the second half, great, but that's why he was a just missed. Another just missed, Greg Newsom. Really? He just missed. They said wow. Newsom missed some time with a concussion and an ankle injury, but... He played ninety-five percent of the one hundred percent, ninety-five percent and one hundred percent of the defensive snaps in their final two games. So he's when he plays, he plays the whole game. It's just he has some durability issues, which we knew that going into drafting him. Um it says he had nine passes defended in twelve games, which is great. The only thing missing, zero interceptions. Yeah, that was he had a couple of close ones, but which not. to me, and I won't spend too much time on it, but the ultimate respect a corner can get Is when quarterbacks just don't even throw your way, and that happened a lot with Greg Newsome. Quarterbacks didn't even throw it in his direction because when they did, he's breaking that shit up, and guys are covered like a blanket. Yep. So interception numbers are deceiving because you look at a guy like uh, Trevon Diggs. Trevon Diggs got a ton of interceptions this year, but if you go back and actually watch it, he gave up a lot of fucking touchdowns and shit too. Or not touchdowns, but like he he got burned a lot. So the interception numbers. A guy like Darrell Revis is a guy where, or Richard Sherman, even when he when he was great in Seattle. Those interception numbers are good because well, Darrell Revis even too, people just didn't throw his direction. Because oh, that's the ultimate respect. And when they, did, he, and he when they did, you're on Revis Island, he's coming away with it. So it's one of those things of like interceptions can be deceiving sometimes. And I'm okay with Newsom not having any because he was still a lockdown corner. Yeah. So don't get me wrong, in the future we want interceptions from him, but at the same time, again, still a rookie, he think get yeah, better. A rookie corner having NFL quarterbacks kind of afraid to throw his direction is that speaks volume to me, and I, I'm I'm very excited about the future with him. Uh, another just missed. Just a spoiler alert: Najee Harris was a just missed, which I kind of thought thought was interesting. And then I really thought about his season.
0: He had a thousand yard rushing. And I
1: realized, yeah, his numbers on paper look good, but he was their entire rushing offense for the most part. Like there was no there was no carries to anybody else. He didn't put up those numbers because he only rushed half well, the game.
0: Had, they had Snead running and like counter him sometimes. But that yeah, was so it. it
1: says here, Harris finished a busy rookie season with 1,200 rushing yards, tops among rookies. 74 receptions, second on the Steelers. His 381 touches as a runner and receiver led the league's back. So he was the most yeah, okay. used running back in football. So uh, that's what's crazy about that stat, is that the 1,200 yards when you touch the ball f- almost 400 yard times, I'm sorry, is not that impressive. Sure, when you break it all down, so he was overused and not as effective when you really break it down. Well, when you have grandfather behind center, you're going to be, and then that's the problem. People could stack the box because Ben Ben Roethlisberger could barely yeah. throw the ball three yards, yeah. as we saw on Sunday. We'll put break, a dangerous quarterback. We'll break that back. down.
0: Put it. Put a dangerous quarterback back there a little bit. Yeah, and things that could definitely make. He could be, be a more breakout running. back. And they then. have a
1: shitty offensive line. So you have a sure. bad offensive line, an old grandpa quarterback, rapist piece of shit. That has nothing to do with football, but that's just him as a person. How do you really feel? And, uh, yeah, it definitely held Najee Harris back a little bit. All right, but here we go. Top 10. Number 10, Miami Dolphins safety, Javon Holland. Second-round pick out of Oregon. Interesting. He had 69 tackles, two-and-a-half sacks, two interceptions, 10 passes defended. Number 36th overall pick. Uh,
0: I mean, that defense was... I mean, yeah, I Legit mean, this year.
1: Their, their first half of the season was, was garbage, and then the second half was fantastic. Their defense was really good. Javon Holland was a good player. I mean, I think he played very well, so that him being number 10 makes perfect sense. No arguments here. I feel um, like
0: you're leading up to some very big argument you're going to have.
1: <laughs> not really. It's, 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 you'll, you'll, I'll, okay. you'll hear it. All right. Number nine. I think this is a good one. J.O.K. from the Cleveland Browns Absolutely. made number nine. He should, top be in ten. Top. he
0: should have been top five. But it's he fine. put
1: uh, 76 tackles, one and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, two passes defended. Number 52 overall pick. And I'll read his thing really quick here. Awusu Koromoa missed three games with an ankle injury, but after his return in week 10, he had four games with at least six tackles and played at least 75% of the team's defensive snaps in five of the Browns' eight remaining games. His work and coverage was advanced among the best in the league at the position and far more consistent than it was as a college player. It would be intriguing... Uh, at some point, to see the Browns turn him loose in the pass rush far more than they did in 2021, which I agree with. But the Browns' defense was not built with blitzing. We were a four-man, yeah, get rush, to the quarterback, rush everybody else covered. The front, everyone and that's why our defense played so well in the second half, because you, you have four guys coming at you, one of which is Miles Garrett. So your, your time in the pocket's already limited, and then now you're going up against everybody else on defense i'm
0: so excited to see what the future holds for him and newsom both like he was he was he was a steal the draft last year 100% get him in I the second excited. round i'm yeah. so pumped to get him
1: he had that little heart issue that they they pushed him back around for whatever reason and so far so good no yeah. issues at all so Nothing. i mean he hasn't, I'm, he hasn't died yet so i'm okay with it yeah and if if he dies he dies that's yeah, what they say
0: that's what drago says
1: number eight we have another miami dolphin jalen waddle making the top 10 uh 104 was, like,
0: receptions the favorite the favorite target of uh, Tua, though. He was the only target for yeah. the most part. Uh, 104
1: receptions, 1,015 yards, six touchdowns, plus one rushing TD. Number six overall pick. Uh, you know, the the Dolphins traded up to get him, and I think he panned out. He looked good. Tua looked surprisingly decent. I mean, I'm, I'm still not sold on Tua, but I think he looked good enough. Yeah. Um, well, so, at least
0: they're keeping things consistent. The coach next year should be able to... I'm just kidding. Yeah. He's
1: I, They fucked. I, I, I think they're fucked without Brian Flores, depending on who they get. Um. Number seven, Patrick Sertan Jr., or, yeah, the second, from the Denver Broncos. 58 tackles, four interceptions, 14 passes defended, one touchdown.
0: I thought he would be higher. That's crazy.
1: It says he missed the season finale with a calf injury, but up until that point, he consistently played with the composure of a guy who's been in there for years. Uh, Vic Fangio was willing to put Sertan across from the best of the best every week without worry, and he was often challenged by quarterbacks who usually chose not uh, to—wasn't often challenged by quarterbacks, I'm sorry— who usually chose to not pick on the rookie, but he tended to get his hands on the ball when they did. So exactly what we said, what we said about Greg Newsom, Patrick Sertan just came away with the ball more because guys were... He's just more of a ball hawk. But yep. how'd that work out for the Broncos? I mean, Never we're was. all sitting home, no playoffs for both of our teams, and but the they just fired their head coach and they're in shambles. Number six, Kyle Pitts, Atlanta Falcons. Should have been top five, personally, I think. I-, I thought so, too, for sure. Top three, maybe. He so, had a hell of a year for a 68 receptions. 1,026 yards. One touchdown, though. So that's the bummer. had a lot of catches. He had a lot of yards, but no touchdowns. He was all within the
0: 20s. Yeah. All his yards.
1: So here we go. Some will point to the lone touchdown, but talk to personnel executives around the league, and you get a lot of no-doubt assessments of his play. Many actually have pits above Chase here. uh, Chase. uh, Jamar Chase. And... Because of his upside and skill sets, Pitt consistently wins in man coverage. Even when defensive coordinators put a cornerback across from him, he can work from all over the formation, both in tight and wide. He is just the second rookie tight end in the league history to top a thousand yards. His 1,026 yards sit right behind Mike Ditka, his record of 1,076 yards. He gave me so.
0: some consistent points this year. I mean, yeah, I fantasy. had him in fantasy too. He was great. He was just—he's a—he's a reception. The
1: only thing that killed me though is what the league I drafted him in is not a PPR. Oh no! So I only got his yards. So that was the bummer for, for him.
0: Because he'd get sometimes like 8, 9, 10 receptions a game. You know? yeah, he was a
1: great player. Uh, just for non-PPR, I I benched him quite a few times for Dawson Knox, Makes unfortunately. Sense, yeah. Number five. This is a surprise. I would have thought he'd be higher. Jamar Chase. Why'd that be like number two? Number five. Chase was a problem. Well, I'll go over stats. 81 receptions, 1,455 receiving yards, 13 touchdowns. How the fuck is that not top, like, top two? Yeah. At least. That's I crazy me. At mean. least top two. I mean, we know who number one is. I would assume, but right. number two—that's
0: easy, right there.
1: Chase was a problem for defenses early in the season, 101 yards in week one. In middle of the season, 201 yards in week seven, and late in the season, 266 yards in week seventeen. Flowers and well, uh, hang on. Flowers and well wishes to the AFC. Oh, okay. Flowers and well wishes to the AFC North defensive backs for well years to come, as he and quarterback Joe Burrow continue to build on what they've already done. More days like rookie record 266-yard effort against the Chiefs in the second-to-last game of the regular season are possible. His 1,455 receiving yards were the most for a rookie in the Super Bowl era. And before you point to the extended regular season, he actually broke the record in Week 17. So, great player. Uh, I mean, I hate that he's doing well for the the Bengals, but how the fuck is he only five? Yeah, that's... So let's find out who was ahead of him. This one I kind of agree with, I'm going to be honest. Number four... Kansas City Chiefs rookie center Creed Humphrey. Creed Humphrey had 17 starts, 97.7% pass block win rate. He was a number 63 overall pick, one of the best centers in football. Kid's a stud.
0: That was a uh, that was a draft pick that we all knew they needed to fill in the offseason, too. They and they needed it. found the best one, yeah. so good
1: for them. Um I won't read much about him. He's a center, just really great player. He blocks people. Yeah, he blocks. He snaps the ball to Mahomes, and so far, so good. That's about all you need and to say And in that offense, that. you got to be mobile. you got to slide left and right pretty quickly. Absolutely. Now we're sticking on the offensive line for number three here. San Diego Chargers, Rashawn Slater.
0: Not the Chargers I
1: thought it would be. So, Rashawn Slater from the Los Angeles Chargers, 16 starts, 90.4% pass block win rate. But that's obviously less, but he's a tackle, so it's different. He's going up against the DNs, not the interior like Humphrey. Um, So, great season for him. Justin Herbert, I mean, obviously had a great season. The Chargers had a disappointing ending to their year. But overall, looks like he's going to be their bookend left tackle for many years to come for Justin Herbert. So, great pick. Can't really argue with this pick. Personally, I think more impactful player. Would be Chase. So if he was ahead of either of these two, Mm -hmm. I'd be okay with it. But just how the cookie crumbled. Now we get to number two. So, spoiler alert, let's go to number one.
0: What? Parsons,
1: right? Yeah, number one is Micah Parsons. That's a no brainer. 84 tackles, 13 sacks, three force fumbles. Uh, he could play damn near every position. Could I mean, legitimately, we'll be getting votes for defensive player of the year. He,
0: he is. I mean, just watching that game, he was all over the
1: damn field. Yeah, it's a shame he he got hurt, but yeah, uh,
0: but and just watching, I mean, this entire season, his he's quick, he's catching up, he's tackling, he's hitting, he hits hard too, yeah. and that's the thing. He has it's, a nose
1: for the ball. He makes the right play. Just a damn good player. So number two, well, no. I think you probably know who it's going to be. It's not going to be. I take this back. It's going to be surprising when you hear the name because you are going to go, "How the fuck is he number two? Is the Receiver? Nope. Oh quarterback yep oh no
0: don't tell me it's
1: they put mac jones oh. number two <laughs> mac jones who here's his stats 3,801 passing yards which is fine Can we look up with special. this writer's hometown 22 touchdowns 13 interceptions oh. took the patriots to the playoffs but it really they did it in spite of him because the rushing game and their defense was so good yeah they did mac jones was not that great of a quarterback he, was he just had a, a captain on a he ship had like that was a driving... month maybe a month where he was decent
0: He's like Dwight on the boats. Well, since you had the, the, yeah, they have on, him out there, <laughs> this man in the ship, wooden, wooden us. and it's not
1: connected it, to anything. Correct. So yeah, they have Mac Jones number two, which is fucking mind-boggling Are to me. Okay over Jamar 10? Chase, maybe ten. Yeah, yeah, over Jamar Chase. Yeah, that's it that's the it one where been I saw Parsons that. I was like, and Chase. what? So I was blown away by this. And when I was reading the article before you got here, I stopped and I'm like, we have to discuss this on the show because that's fucking just blasphemous can we look and
0: see what hometown that guy's from the writer Because i guarantee he's from new england probably
1: uh yeah go ahead i'll give you his name again what is it jeff legwold l-e-g-w-o-l-d says he's an espn senior writer which is kind of funny because i've never heard of him but uh what a shitty fucking article i was so excited to read it it's cool to see greg Newsom as an honorable mention you see
0: uh, wow he covers the broncos really yeah interesting
1: that's an interesting choice but uh but yeah, you have. Uh, I forgot what I was saying. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And we're moving on. Yeah, folks. we're moving on. So that, yeah, I saw the article. I had to talk about it. I was, you know, oh, I know what I was saying. So you see an honorable mention. You see Greg Newsom. You see JOK in the top ten. I what was like, oh, excited? kind of a cool list. And then I go, how the fuck is Mac Jones number two though? And then I was like, maybe I, maybe I misremembered his his season. So you looked them up. Well, no, stats. it's just right on there. I just I thought to myself like, maybe he put up bigger numbers than I thought, and then I read him. I'm like, no, he put up shitty numbers, just like I thought. Very average, fucking numbers, yeah. nothing special at all. How the hell did that make him number two? I'll never know. I don't want to know. But I did want to get your thoughts on it, just because it was something that's... I
0: agree with most of it. Most the, of the picks the were Mac pretty Jones, good, but I don't agree Jamar no. Chase
1: at five. When in in the the story or the the little blurb about him, you literally put he set rookie receiving records that well, you know probably won't be broken again for another twenty years and then you put Mac Jones in there who did fucking nothing special.
0: Right, just because nothing. he he took the Patriots to a playoff game? Is that what is that what
1: That's it is? Pretty much it, I guess. Uh so that was that. Now we've reached the fun part of the show where we do our picks, we recap <laughs> games and Did you watch every game last weekend? Absolutely. Um What was Saturday's first game was Bengals and Bengals Raiders. Interesting game. I mean, we'll recap them all really quick. So we had Bengals Raiders close game. Derek Carr still looked pretty good. I mean, I know he struggled, but again, people, the number one thing I need to tell people as we, as we break down quarterbacks, I'm not going to spend the whole episode on. If you notice, we haven't talked about quarterbacks at all because everywhere you turn in Cleveland, Ohio right now, that's all anybody's fucking talking about. Every show is just Baker. Are they keeping him? Are they moving on? If they move on, is it going to be this guy? Is it going to be that guy? To me, it's, it's, it's not worth really discussing every fucking day right now. Wait till the league year starts till things can actually start happening till let's give it a couple of weeks when coaches get hired to find out who's going where. And if that means they're going to you know, make some moves, oh, yeah,
0: coach coaches being hired is going to have him first. And then, then the quarterbacks will move that
1: hundred percent. So you have like, from my standpoint, Kirk cousins is a goner in Minnesota. They will be looking to move him. And I think because his contract is so high, you could probably get him for fairly cheap. I think we could realistically get Kirk Cousins for like a third round pick. Could be. Yeah. And now the thing Browns fans are going to complain about is, well, I don't want to spend a third round pick, but then you think about it, bringing in Cousins means you're going to be getting rid of Baker. Sam Darnold, I believe if I'm not mistaken, got two second round picks. He is a fucking bum. I'm not a huge Baker fan, but Baker's a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. Baker's going to be able to bring you back something decent. So, if you can trade Baker and acquire some picks and then you trade a third round pick or whatever for Kirk Cousins, not the end of the world. It's kind of, it's a wash. If anything, you're still coming out on top because you have your quarterback and you're able to keep your first round pick to potentially get that wide receiver. We'll go over this all in in the coming months, but uh, I think he's a goner. They got rid of Mike Zimmer. They got rid of Ziggy Wolf. They, their front office is completely restarting in Minnesota. Kirk Cousins is is not getting any younger. They're going to go in a different direction. They're rebuilding. Yep. So he's a goner. Um, Las Vegas same thing they fired John Gruden midseason Mike Mayock just got fired Derek Carr wasn't even a Mayock pick he's just survived for the last seven years under five different regimes and he's now to the point where does he want to continue to stay in this revolving door of coaches and front offices but it's going to depend on who they get the latest rumor though is Harbaugh for Michigan
0: as the GM or a coach for the
1: coach for the Raiders interesting that's the, the hottest rumor as of late I think they should keep the coach who's interim. I thought he did a pretty good job with that team. Most people say that he's the guy for the job, but unfortunately when they can Mike Mayock, it's not looking good for him. Um, so that leaves you to the point of, is Derek Carr interested in staying with Harbaugh? If Jim Harbaugh goes there. Or John, which one's the one from Michigan? John Harbaugh. John, yeah. Whatever. No, it's Jim. No, yeah, Jim's, John's, John's, John's Baltimore. Oh, they both look fucking stupid. Yeah, fucking them so. both. <laughs> yeah. Fuck the Harbaugh's. Fuck both
0: teams, Michigan and and honestly, Baltimore, they, they fuck couldn't be
1: the biggest piece of shit family in my opinion. Right? As, as a brown, as like an Ohioan, I hate, they their holidays must themselves. be fucking amazing. Yeah, we're hated by everybody. They don't have to put their food in the oven because they obviously live in hell because they're pieces of shit. So
0: my my only curious thing is um, where Flores goes because you know he's going to get hired this year. If, if someone doesn't hire that guy, it, they're losing their mind. Someone mentioned about the possibility of the Texans hiring him. And that might be enough to sway. Um, what's his face? Stay, staying around there and keeping him.
1: I saw people trying to comment on that, and then I saw somebody negated immediately and said that it's it has, ownership. Thing? It's ownership. It has oh, nothing okay. to do with the head coach. So Flores is not keeping him there. It's. I think his name is Bob McNair. Yeah, is the owner of the Texans. It's completely the ownership. Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston, and there's no head coach that's going to keep him there. So if anything,
0: might go to Chicago.
1: Flores could potentially take like the the Denver job, and then try to get Deshaun Watson in Denver. Yeah, because Deshaun. I mean, let's be honest. Denver has a really good defense, and their offense has some they've, fucking talent. They've good, they've they good have good. They have very young, talented players on that team. So Deshaun Watson going there, they're they're similar to me to the Browns. They are a good quarterback away from being a legitimate team. So that's a scary thing to think about. That if Flores takes the the Denver job, I don't even know if they're interviewing him. I, I haven't really been following who's interviewing where because, as of right now, doesn't seem like there's anything serious going on. It's a lot of just like. They're asking permission to interview this guy. No, they're
0: checking a lot of Al Rooney boxes right now. I, I've seen yeah. so many Al Rooney drafts. Yeah, the
1: the Rooney rule is getting filled. I mean, Jacksonville and Byron left, which I think is a legitimate match. I think yeah. that's gonna end up being the the, the case. I could one hundred percent see that. Um Eric Bieniemy with Kansas City, the fact that he's not a head coach yet is surprising. Yeah, I don't understand that. Like um, do you think he's just not the good of a coach? I mean I think yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with people think it's more Andy Reid than it is him. So he's kind of looked at as on his own, he's probably not going to be that great. Yeah. But with some of the other coaches that have been hired in this league, I mean, Pat Shermer's been a head coach twice. Urban How the Meyer. Fuck? Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer makes sense. He at least was successful. Pat Shermer's a fucking dope. Yeah. So Pat Shermer, Ben McAdoo. Was, I mean, I'm just naming off coaches that the uh, the Giants have hired because they're fucking idiots. But you have Ben McAdoo, Pat Shermer, all these shitty coaches, and Eric Bieniemy can't get a shot. Kind of shocking, but we'll see. I mean, there's like eight vacancies right now. But um, but yeah, Vegas for Harbaugh is the hot rumor. Everybody else is a crapshoot. I could see Flores potentially going to Houston. Um, I could see him going to Denver because of their defense. He's a defensive-minded coach. he great in
0: Chicago with uh, I was going to say Chicago
1: has a really good young team, and they have a decent defense. I mean, Robert Quinn was one of the best pass rushers in football, so Flores would be a fit there. So there's a lot of fits. I think Brian Flores is, is the – depending on who becomes available, I think Harbaugh, if he – lets it be known that he's willing to come back to the NFL. I think he would be a hot commodity, but I also think I really just think Brian Flores is the number one guy. Yeah. There's nobody that's available that's going to top him, and nobody that could even be requested an interview that could top him. Um, I think it's Flores. Uh,
0: the um, San Francisco offensive coordinator is starting to get asked, too. He's a pretty legit guy, too.
1: Yeah, he was their run game specialist a few years ago, and now he moved up to offensive coordinator. I forgot his name off the top of my head. Uh, he, he looks like a little fucking dork. Oh, he's a nerd. Yeah. yeah, he looks like he...
0: But he, I bet just reading an article on him like he's he's sought after like yeah like he like looks a like mined. he works
1: for a Silicon Valley tech company right and if you saw him at a bar you would look at him and be like this guy's not watching sports so he has like, like the annexation
0: of Puerto Rico drone drawn up in a computer somewhere that he's gonna pull it yeah. out one of these days he,
1: he he looks like a wild card but he is also the kind of thing could could it be a Josh McDaniel situation where he's yeah. gonna get hired young because they think he's some offensive and genius, fail. and then he just goes and shits the bed, and then right. he goes running right back to San Francisco. Which I kind of hope that happens. There's a lot of people that want him. His name escapes me. I'll worry about him. I look at we talking about. So he is one that's being linked to, not even linked. Fans in Miami want him there yeah. in the worst way. That that's like the the match made in heaven, <clears throat> and that's because of their offensive scheme. I think working with a limited quarterback like Tua is the same thing that he's doing with working with Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel. That's it. So he's working with that limited quarterback in Jimmy G. Yeah, looks like a total dork. That's that's actually a better picture of him when he's wearing those fucking glasses and he's got the long curly hair that he's rocking now. Yeah, he looks like a fucking idiot. Um, he looks like a video game designer, not a football guy. Yeah, like look <laughs> at that. That's like a guy you'd see streaming playing Fortnite. Like he does not look like an NFL coach. But uh, but yeah. So th- there's so many names to be thrown around. I mean, we'll talk about it later. I'm not gonna sit here and. If it were the Browns, obviously we'd break down our wish list. But for other teams, I don't care. I'm not going to sit here and break down yeah. who I think's going where. But Harbaugh to the Raiders is interesting, and I'm more so only looking at teams that have potential quarterback changes, and that's Deshaun Watson. So Houston's one to keep an eye on. Although, like I said, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody that gets hired in Houston is going to be enough to keep Deshaun Watson. I think it's it's the owner, uh, Kirk Cousins. I don't think anybody that gets hired there matters. They're going to try to move on because it's a he's a, taking up a huge chunk of their cap. He's making a ton of money and they've never won anything with him. So it's eventually time to move on and get younger. And then same thing with – there's another team. Who the fuck was I thinking about? Denver needs a quarterback. So they're a team that the coach there could kind of influence somebody possibly moving to them. So some things to look at, but we'll keep our eyes on it as Browns fans. But Saturday, first playoff game, Raiders. I'll
0: be honest. I watched some of the Saturday games. I was a little under the alcohol. Weather. Oh yeah,
1: I, I was sitting down here watching them, so I had nothing to do. It was a good game. It was it was fun. I mean, the uh, I'm sure you saw it the, the the errant whistle.
0: Yeah, so that was a little. Uh, so a little I was watching weird. that play
1: live. So what happened was Joe Burrow was running to the sideline. Everybody thought he was going to step out of bounds or throw the ball in the back of the end zone just to get rid of it. Uh, ends up throwing a touchdown, and as the balls, I think it was T Higgins who got the touchdown. I could be mistaken. It was either Higgins or Boyd, but. It's irrelevant. One of them is getting ready to catch the ball, and about two seconds before the ball comes their way, the refs blew the whistle because they thought he stepped out of bounds. I guess officially, according to NFL rules, if you blow an errant whistle while a play is going on, the play is just negated. Regardless of what happens, you redo that down. In this situation, they let it stand. They reviewed it and said he was in bounds, it's a touchdown. And the Raiders are trying to claim that the whistle made them stop playing, and that's why the touchdown happened. It was a touchdown regardless of the but whistle, But the, the rule stands but, it's but, yeah, the rule is the rule. It's unfortunate for the Bengals. It should have been unfortunate for the Bengals, I should say, because it would have just cost them a touchdown. It actually had nothing to do with the play, but uh, they let it go. So since that happened, the I forgot his name, uh, Boger, or Boger, how do we pronounce it? He, he and his staff have been completely blacklisted from the playoffs they were told they're not going to work any more playoff games and that's that for them so it's the, they're getting punished it's kind of funny that the nfl waited till the first round of the playoffs to actually start acting cracking the whip on un- shitty officiating. officiating so well they have they have more staffs to utilize now
0: they can't exactly
1: less games you have you could put an a team together if you want to but it is kind of funny that the nfl waits till now um i get it though it, it, you're you're, you're a human being there are human errors it's so, I again, I didn't think it was that, that egregious of a play. It didn't make or break a touchdown. Rules are rules, though. Banning them for the rest of the playoffs, I, I think it's just a little over, dramatic. Yeah, it's yeah. an over, overkill. The second Saturday game was the... That was the Bills and the... Patriots, right?
0: Yeah, I will say, though, I, I give Vegas um, you know, credit. They brought the
1: ball down the field. I thought it was going to be... Uh... I mean, again, that just goes to show you that's the thing that Browns fans need to realize with Derek Carr. Derek Carr is probably not going to be a Hall of Famer. Derek Carr is probably not going to be an MVP candidate. But Derek Carr can win games. He, he gets past the 50-yard line. He keeps you in games. He can drive down and make games interesting at the end. I mean, again, he has 30 career come-from-behind fourth quarter wins. 30! If we had two of those, we're a playoff team this year. Browns fans don't want to hear that. And then Browns fans look at how he lost to the Bengals, and they go, well, Baker beats the Bengals, so Baker's better than Derek Carr. That's how their fucking thought process on it, and it's so stupid. Derek Carr on this team immediately makes us a playoff team. Derek Carr took a shitty Raiders team with all that drama they dealt with to the playoffs that says more than anything about his character. That means that's a guy that I think people want to play for. That's a team leader. And you can't put a price on that. I would take Derek Carr in a fucking second. And I hope whatever coach they get, whatever GM that they get in Las Vegas, doesn't want him, doesn't want Derek Carr. And they're going to let him move on. Yep. And I hope to God, the Browns are one of the teams that, that are inquiring.
0: Oh, I'm sure phone calls have already been made.
1: I hope so. Uh, but yeah the next game of the night was New England against Buffalo. But was it a game really? No oh, it man. was not. It was an assing. <laughs> it was just a beat down. Buffalo did not fucking take the foot off the gas. They no. beat the hell out of the Patriots. They it was a, a fun game a point to watch. To prove, it looks like. They did. And I th- I think that's the truth. I mean, when you're you're Buffalo, obviously as fans, we know the history of all the teams and we know the history of the rivalries and stuff like that. So like we personally we hate Pittsburgh. A rookie that gets drafted to the Browns that's not even from this area doesn't give a fuck about Pittsburgh. Let's be honest. Browns fans don't want to hear this. Uh, Fans just think that the players are just as dedicated as them. They're not. They don't care. There's no rivalries. These guys are hugging their friends. There's probably a ton of players on opposing rivals that we hate that our our favorite players like. They're friends with in the offseason. They hang out. They text. So, Sean McDermott, though, has been in Buffalo a long time. He's been in there for, I think, five years, four years. Enough, I think, yeah, enough time to build up He was hatred. either hired the same year as Josh Allen or the year before. I can't recall, but I've uh, been there a while. And he's played Bill Belichick a lot. And Bill Belichick is not the kind of guy that's going to take lightly. He's going to go out there and put his foot on your throat and not let go. And when a an opposing coach can just lay the fucking lumber to Bill and the Patriots. They love it. And Mm -hmm. I think that's exactly what happened in Buffalo. That was just years of frustration of being, because Buffalo was a shitty franchise. It's like the stepchild of the uh, the division, basically. Yeah, the the Bills were kind of looked at as like the Cleveland Browns, essentially, of the AFC East, where they just were consistently losing. They just weren't a good team. They were a laughing stock. They were consistently drafting in the top 10. They had nothing to look forward to. Now they get to the playoffs, and they beat the fuck out of Bill. And his yeah. rookie quarterback, his pride and joy, everyone says, how great would it be if it's Bill against Brady in the Super Bowl? And the Bills went quickly and said, fuck you, that's not happening. Yeah, not I, think, on our I watch. think I was
0: playing poker, and I looked down. I was playing one, one hand, and I watched another hand go around. I looked back, and the score went from nothing to nothing to 14-nothing before I knew it. It's like, what yeah, the if, fuck? Yeah,
1: if you blinked, it was quick. Like I was upstairs right after the Raiders, or the, yeah, the Raiders game. I went and I went upstairs to Cook. And I'm up there cooking, and I got the phone or do the dishes or whatever the fuck I was doing in the kitchen. I got the game playing on my phone, and I got the speaker going. And I'm like, if if I'm up here for half an hour, I'll get downstairs, watch the rest of the game. I'm sure it'll be close. It'll be fine. I fucking, I'm looking over. It's like 28 to nothing at this point. I'm like, I guess I don't even need to watch the rest of the game, really. Yeah, it was, I looked back and saw what the score
0: was, and I had halftime. I just started drinking more, so I didn't care.
1: (laughs) Uh, Tampa Bay and the Eagles was the first Sunday game. And, I mean, Tampa Bay did what they had to do. Uh, pretty easy win. Philadelphia really didn't have any business being in the playoffs. Uh, they made quick work of them. There's really yeah. nothing to even break down about that game, though. I mean,
0: the defense for Tampa Bay is what, I mean, just played well. I mean, Brady didn't have to do much of that game. Yeah, it
1: was an easy game. Philadelphia was, they were a run heavy team in the off season or in the regular season. I think they were the top rushing team in football. And that just doesn't work in the playoffs sometimes. So Tom Brady made quick work of them. Although Nick Siriano or whatever the fuck his name is, the Eagles head coach, came out today and confirmed Jalen Hurts is their quarterback. There's no tr- controversy going forward. Did you see a Bruce
0: uh, Arians got fined $50,000 for that guy slapping, in the head. His own team. Yeah. Slapping him in the head for
1: getting him out of the fight. So at first when I saw it, I was like, okay, that's a head coach just trying to stop a guy from getting into a 15-yard a, a penalty, ejected, whatever, doing something stupid. And then I was listening to ex-players talk about it, and they were like, Nick Saban, Bill Parcells, they're like, these guys have never laid a hand on players. They've never needed to. What head coach needs to hit a player to prove a point? And I think it was Marcus Spears on ESPN when I saw it today. He made it some really good points. He said, you're the head coach. You just hit a pro athlete that you're supposed to be the coach of. And what what, what point are you trying to prove there? Because you're the coach. You're not going anywhere. This guy is like a backup safety. If he punched Bruce Arians in the mouth, Bruce Arians is fine. This kid's out of football forever. Bruce Arians hits him, little fine, slap on the wrist, no harm, no foul. They're like, they need to make an example of Bruce Arians because if a coach hits a player, that's unacceptable. He's like, if the shoe was on the other foot, that player would be, they'd be threatening legal charges against the guy. Yeah, it's a a really good point. I I didn't didn't think about that. Yeah, because he's an ex-player. I guess in the moment, it's
0: more like those. He's like a heated thing. He's like hits him on the back of the head to get him out of there. Right. You know, because he doesn't want him to get like kicked out of the game or whatever. But I guess you just if you just look at it, just how it is.
1: But imagine if week one, we'll go all the way back. Remember the Ronnie Harrison incident with the coach for the the Chiefs. Imagine if when he hit Harrison, one of the Chiefs players punched that coach, and they were like, "What are you doing? Don't fucking touch him." It would be all over the news. That coach would be like, you know, made a hero. So it is definitely a hypocritical situation, and I think of, what is it, 50000 or 500000 for Arians?
0: I think it was 50000 Yeah, 50000
1: Yeah, so that's, after thinking about it that way, I look at it as that's not enough. That's not enough. They need to do more than that. Like, they need to make an example of Bruce Arians. Like, I would almost say suspend him for this game. That's going to teach a lesson. You put your hands on a player, you're not coaching the fucking playoffs. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck to you.
0: Well, the good thing for them is that they have a good uh, assistant coach that could probably coach his team to a which
1: victory. would be great for Byron Leftwich to get his first taste yeah. of head coaching experience. But I do think they need to make more of an example out of Arians. I think that is in a, completely inappropriate. You and don't get a player. And
0: say it, apologize for
1: it. Probably, but he's such a dickhead. Like everything he says, you can just tell is like it's. It, <laughs> he's that nothing old school. Sincere. He's that old school coach, man. He wears that fucking hat because he thinks he's the fat white Samuel L. Jackson. I don't like Bruce Arians. I think he's a pompous dickhead. Um, <laughs> I think the you know his Super Bowl last year had nothing to do with him. It was because of a team that was already built in Tampa. A lot of that talent was already there, and then you just get Tom Brady to boot. Like fuck you, Bruce Arians. Byron <laughs> left, which he deserves more credit than you. Um, so that was the first game. The second game was the crazy Cowboys Niners game. Niners ended up coming away with the win, but I'm sure all of you saw Dak Prescott decided to go full Forrest Gump and just run, Forrest, run. And he ran them right out of the playoffs because he did not go down fast enough.
0: I, the amount of memes I saw of like the uh, here's the fourth here's the fourth down or whatever play fourth quarter 16 second play was a quarterback rush up the middle. Like I mean I don't, I don't I don't understand why he didn't get up and get the ball to to the uh, the ref
1: quick. Well, as the, he- the weird thing about it when I went back and rewatched it was it looked like the ref was going to spot the ball perfectly. Dak tried to move the ball up like another foot or two. And the ref was like, that's not where it's placed. So he placed the ball back in its proper spot. So if Dak didn't fuck with the position they of the got ball, it probably would have been okay. And then you get one shot at the end zone. Because I think at that point, he's at like
0: 20-yard line, wasn't he?
1: Something 25. like that. But yeah, there would have been one second left. They would have had a chance for one last pass. And he just fucked it up. And my favorite meme, now that you're talking about the memes, is because we're both fans of the show, I think you, you'll relate. I don't know if you saw it. The Impractical Jokers one. Oh, it's where they they whisper,
0: "Hey, Dak, so run like, for it!" <laughs> yeah,
1: they're like, "Hey, Dak, I dare you to run for it here on fourth down, or I, I dare you to run for it with 14 seconds left." <laughs> and they do it, and they sort of there laughing, does, at and the they're back. just cracking up. Yeah, in the that
0: meme's hilarious. Like the stupid shit that they do.
1: Yeah, I mean, he definitely cost them the game, and, and it was a really poor choice of decision. The, and then the, you
0: saw him at the at the end of the game, like, like whatever saying about getting throwing shit at the refs. Yeah, the
1: the fans were throwing stuff at the refs, and they were blaming the the officials, but it's like, that's the rule. The rule is the ref has to touch and officially spot the ball. And then he has to get out of the way before you can snap the ball. So yeah. that's on Dak for not understanding the rules, not understanding what he was doing. And Romo even brought up a good point, And he said, like, when you're in that situation as a quarterback, you need to know at most you can run 12 yards. That's it. Goes quick get 10 yards, slide, get up, spike it. That's it. Stop. Why are you trying to get an extra four yards? What's that going to get you when you're yeah. throwing the ball to the end zone? Anyway, you're not going for a field goal where it's going to be a career long for your kicker. So every yard counts. This is just a throw to the end zone. Obviously you want to be as close as possible, but right. don't be unrealistic. And Dak flew a little too close to the sun. And now he flew home for the like, season because like, he fucked like himself. true
0: fashion. The Cowboys can't win a playoff game,
1: which I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I picked the Niners. I yeah, saw so that. you yeah. We saw that coming. I didn't think the Cowboys were going to win. I'm just more shocked that it was that close. It was a good game. It was watch. a good game. It was very fun. Uh, didn't really change my opinion though on Jimmy G in terms of one. Oh, like, he's beat up though now too. He's beat up, but he's always hurt, which is a problem, as yeah. I stated. He, he, uh, he's a winner. I'll give him that. That's a, definitely a pro. However, I just I don't know something about him. I just if we got him again, it's one of those. Did we really upgrade the quarterback no. position it's a aside lateral, a lateral from slide. aside from the the veteran leadership he could possibly bring and like the the pedigree coming from bill that's the only thing i can really think of for the for the, the jimmy g but i mean we'll we'll cross that bridge another time sunday night the big ben farewell game what a great one he looked like shit his arm looked like a fucking wet noodle he couldn't do anything the chiefs just beat the shit out of the steelers it felt so good i was a i turned it off i was watching the righteous gemstones uh, i love that show I
0: i think i started watching season one like Couple months ago, I didn't finish. Oh really?
1: I recommend it. The new season just started, and it's fucking great. Oh yeah, I love that show. I'm a huge Danny McBride fan. Um, but yeah, so I was able to watch that at 10 o'clock on Sunday. I didn't have to worry about the rest of the Chiefs game. As soon as Righteous Gemstones ended, I, I read a book and went to bed, and yeah. it was great. Great night. Didn't have to watch the game. Yeah, it was a shit show. Loved it. Fuck you, Steelers. Fuck you, Ben. I'm I glad you got embarrassed. Thought they had
0: a chance. I mean, the fact that like they're, at the first quarter was interesting.
1: I guess if I were the Browns and we were that last team that snuck into the playoffs, we knew we had no business being there and we were facing a a juggernaut like the Chiefs. I would go into it with confidence because it's the playoffs. Yeah. But when that happened, I would not be surprised. And that's exactly, I'm hoping Steeler fans were like that. The same Steeler fans that said, I think we have a chance. I hope that afterwards they were like, I knew we weren't going to have a chance. I hope so. Well, that first quarter gave him a lot of hope. A little bit. I mean, yeah, they had the Mahomes turnover. Uh, The TJ Watt scored the touchdown. Yep. And then Andy Reid must have, sat his guys down and said wake the fuck up because they went out there with a vengeance after that yeah. and they never looked back no, it, was it was ugly <laughs> they were scoring at he will like, he had like 400 yards passing and like yeah he had touchdowns. four touchdowns it <laughs> didn't kelsey throw a touchdown yeah like, Yeah, they have just... tight ends throwing touchdowns. they were they were fucking around in that it's a playoffs and they're they're having tight ends throw the ball like yeah. that's crazy i love it couldn't happen to a better team and then monday night football another complete assing kyler murray i watched the
0: peyton cast that I, I did too yeah
1: and they were just like Kyler, what are you doing? Watching them like talk shit about not talk shit, but they were just being honest. They're like, what are you doing? Well, you the can't fact throw that the, the Odell do had this. more
0: passing yards than Kyler at yeah. one point in the game, and it's crazy to me.
1: Another thing too is like, I'm not going to dwell on it. He's gone. It is what it is. Browns fans that are going, who cares about his stat lines? It's a shitty night. <laughs> it's like guys, he had what do you have? Fifty something yards, four catches, forty yards passing, a touchdown and the boot, I didn't argue with anybody. I'm getting better at this. I'm biting my tongue. Somebody made a post and said that those numbers are shit. Who cares? Odell's a non-factor, blah, blah, blah. Quick little fun fact for everybody. Matthew Stafford only threw the ball. I think he he completed 13 passes in that game. He only threw the ball 17 times. They barely needed to throw it. So when you complete 13 passes, four of them go to Odell Beckham. He is fucking 33 percent of your entire passing offense right yeah. there that's pretty impressive Plus the
0: touchdown pass he had to go up and get and it was a pretty good move too great
1: catch and he threw for 40 yards on top of yeah. it so like overall he's worth about 100 yards and a touchdown total in that game you mean to tell me that's not good on the browns you don't want that
0: he has now seven touchdowns this year
1: yeah how many games did the browns lose by less than a touchdown a lot how many of those games would an odell touchdown really would have helped us right You know, that's how Browns fans need to look at it. Instead of looking at, like, the individual stat and just being, trying to be, like, shitty towards Odell. Odell was completely in the right. I saw a stat earlier. I didn't show you this one. Um, Better be
0: careful. We're going to start getting accused of talking shit in the
1: Browns all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking idiots. So this was a stat from a guy from Pro Football Focus. His name is Steve Palazzolo. He's a verified account, PFF underscore Steve, if you're interested in looking it up. Highest percentage of passing plays with three-plus open receivers. You ready for this? Oh, God. Number one, Lamar Jackson, 38.4. Number two, Baker Mayfield, 37.7%. Number three, Zach Wilson, 37.6. Number four, Matt Ryan, 36.9. And number five, Jimmy G, 36.0. So two of those guys in that list are guys that we would be very interested in as Browns fans. Well, not very, but we would be interested in as Browns fans, and that would be, of course, Matt Ryan and Jimmy G. Lamar Jackson, I've always said, is not a good quarterback when it comes to making him a passer. He sucks, and that stat kind of helps that's a, that. That's a scary stat. And then Baker is right behind him, which is very scary for Browns fans that, can act, that are going to act like he's a franchise quarterback. And then right behind him, you have who I consider a bust, Zach Wilson. Jets fans are still in denial and think he's the future, but I love to see that stat. It makes me happy to know that he is just following so that's, the track that's, that's of based
0: shitty... On the- when they throw the ball, there's three other open receivers, or there's three open receivers? I think
1: it's just whenever a quarterback drops back. See, the other thing, too, is it doesn't show, like, if they were pressured, why didn't they get the ball to one of those people? That's but just still, it's overall percentage. Fact. You have it's, three it's, open receivers on any given play, and that just goes to show you that Kevin Stefanski's offense... Works. ...isn't the fucking problem, people. For the last time, I'll defend it. I will not listen to Kevin Stefanski's slander. I have this photo saved, and I plan on bringing it up every time Browns fans want to say, well, it's Stefanski's offense. Because I talked to with my buddy at work today about the same thing, and it's shit, shit that I've talked about here with you. The same fans that say it's Stefanski's offense, bitch, that we should have thrown the ball against the Raiders when we ran it with Nick Chubb. They're the same fans that against the Packers say we should have ran it instead of thrown it with Baker. So you mean to tell me you have more confidence in Nick Mullins throwing the ball than you do Baker? Yep, that's what But you're going to defend Baker and say it's Stefanski. <laughs> It just makes no fucking sense, this circle that these Browns fans walk themselves into to try to defend Baker. And again, they just come out like idiots. And my new favorite thing is when people just accuse us of thinking we're know-it-alls. I love it because... I think it's a good thing. I love it because, as you know, I back everything that I say up. I have something with it. I don't just speak out of my ass like Browns fans like... I was in an argument with somebody who said, "All oh, the Browns pit rushing, or, or the Browns offensive line ranks like twentieth in the NFL." Yep. And I looked it up. It took me two seconds. I'm like, oh, "No, we're top five. We're one of the best in the league." Yep. And no response. That. Well, they they change the subject with another excuse because they just don't. They don't have any valid information. Well, that thing that last night, the argument
0: I got into, and the guy's like, "Yeah, every time the player leaves the Browns, uh, they just they they do really well." Yeah. Who? I went through the entire history of the Browns draft class since back in 2001, typing out random names. Every one of them sucked, and it hurt me as a Browns fan going back and looking at all these draft classes and picks that we've had and we've missed on.
1: There are two Browns players off the top of my head. I didn't do as much digging off the top of my head. There are two Browns players that I know for a fact left and went on to have fine success, and to me, they don't count in this argument because they were released by Sashi Brown, who I think is one of the dumbest front office people we've ever had in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I hated him. I think he's a complete fucking dunce. The two guys, Joe Hayden, Yep. we cut him when he was in his prime, and he went on to Pittsburgh, and he's been really good for them. I think he's been a, to a couple bowls. Yeah, mobiles. I didn't list him, Joe Hayden. He's yeah. been really good. But again, Sashi Brown cut him, so I'm not holding that against was him. talk the other one? No. Oh, okay. And then the next guy is... um. Mitchell Schwartz, second round pick, oh, yeah, right tackle. Either, yeah. he was really good. Uh, the Browns let him go. Sashi Brown made him an offer. He said, gonna, he said, "I'm going to." He said, "I'm going to go see what's out there in free agency." Sashi Brown said, "Then forget it. Don't come back." He went to the Chiefs, won a Super Bowl, was an All-Pro, one of the best yep. right tackles in football, and so that's one that we let get away. A couple other guys that come to mind, but this guy, the guy that you argued with, probably doesn't even think about him. Yeah, like Jordan Poyer is one of the best safeties in football. He used to be a Brown. Yep. a lot of people don't know that. Because he didn't do anything here. Uh, we were obviously terrible. He went on, and now he's one of the best players in football and defense. So there are some guys that go other places and have su- some success. But, yeah, but for I mean, the most tr- trust part... Trust me,
0: the list of not... And if I'm not mistaken, I
1: think Jordan Poyer was... I don't even know if he was drafted. So I'm not holding that against the Browns of like... Right. They had an undrafted free agent in, in rookie mini camp, and they let him go. And mm-hmm. then he went on to be great. It's like, I'm not holding that against them. Um But yeah, the, some of the arguments people get into, and then you come back with facts and they have nothing to say about it is just my that's my favorite thing to argue
0: no the, then the comeback last night was uh oh maybe i'm just thinking about players who come across again come against us that hurt us when we when we play them it's like
1: those are who? totally two different things or he <laughs> means like oh like an ex-brown player yeah
0: like an ex-brown player that we end up playing yeah. again and they hurt us when we play i like who like I, i'm going back through the list that is listed none of these <laughs> i hate
1: did. saying this out loud and admitting it but unfortunately most of the browns draft picks that have failed they don't play Out of football. the NFL. They're yeah. gone. They're not here to beat us because they don't even... They're selling fucking used cars in Fort Lauderdale. Like, who cares? God, Bronze fans can be so dumb sometimes. All right. Uh, but yeah, the Rams beat the shit out of the Cardinals. Interesting interesting dynamic there because Cliff Kingsbury, I heard, is a little bit on the hot seat. So is Kyler Murray. You have Kyler Murray who is entering year four in the NFL little success when it comes to the playoffs he's looked good for a half a season here and there then they shit the bed under cliff kingsbury they have colossal collapses in the second half of the season and the season was no different they they crawled their way into the playoffs and they got there and they got their asses kicked kyler murray's first playoff game he looked like he had never played football before the rams destroyed him uh Again, it's something where are they willing to give him a contract extension, a big one, because he's kind of similar to Lamar Jackson. Yeah. He is a good backyard, run-around player. He's fun to watch. First half of the season, he was the shoe-in for MVP. The Cardinals were 8-0, and then the rest of the season has to play. The Dominoes have to fall, and Cardinals are kind of a laughingstock. They're, he's not that People good. People
0: figured him out. They filled the offense out,
1: and you lost your best option. Yeah, when you lost DeAndre Hopkins, that team never stood a chance, so... It's interesting to, to keep an eye on something in Arizona there, because you can only be average and start off hot so many times before the owners start to get a little sick of it. So I'm curious to see how that's going to shape out. Maybe they just keep everybody intact and hope for the best next see year. What but
0: happens next year? Maybe use next they year. They put as a lot of chips stick.
1: in the basket of of this year. I mean, you went all out. They got they got Rodney Hudson on the, for center. They got uh, JJ Watt, who's not getting any younger. So they they, they made Did a lot he of sign moves. a multi year deal. Uh, I think he did, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I think it was like a three-year deal. I all think right. could be wrong. Um, but yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on, though, because I did see that he's a little bit on the hot seat in in Arizona. Yeah, I Cliff think Kingsbury. next year's going
0: to be the measuring stick here. See how he does, yeah. and then base it off that. So
1: yeah, because you can only you know be the number one team in the league, and maybe then he should start listening to our show like Kyle Shanahan does. Look where he's and at. It now. only helps. It only helps. Um, now we get into this weekend. Let's do it. I am. Not to brag, 6-0 and with the playoff picks. Kyle is 5-1. I, I rolled
0: the dice with the Patriots and got my ass kicked. He did, Say and
1: he me. did. All right, so this week, I have some crazy picks that I'm going to make them on this show, and I, I, I feel okay about them, but I also am far, far, far from confident. So First up, Cincinnati at Tennessee, Saturday game, 4-30, is uh, King Henry 100% go? Not yet, but it's looking really good. He had his first contact practice today. It's Wednesday, so that's a very good sign. It's looking like he will be playing.
0: I'm. I'm oh, go
1: ahead. Sorry. I'm going Tennessee. This one's not very controversial to me, I yeah. think.
0: Well, I mean, it, I'm going Tennessee based on the fact that Derrick Henry's
1: back. 100%. I think Cincinnati has played really well, but I think that they showed some flaws against the Raiders, who are a much lesser team than Tennessee. Yeah and I think against a much better defense in Tennessee and just a smarter head coach in Mike Rabel. And as we just said, King Henry, I'm going Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee as well. Now it's going to get a little interesting. This is where I have some picks that... Uh, well, I guess it's not even that... On this one, it's going to get interesting? No, I was looking ahead. So oh, San Francisco, okay. Green Bay. I, I was you, like,
0: wait a minute, you're going to pick against... As you boy, all know, right? I
1: have I have Green Bay winning the Super Bowl this year, so I'm sticking with that. Obviously, the only way to win the Super Bowl is to beat San Francisco. I think the weather be is going to... going to be a good game, though. In Green Bay, it's going to be tricky, because obviously Shanahan, they run that offense where they run the ball a ton. Uh, Debo Samuel's been playing like a fucking maniac so far the last Plus, couple I think of weeks. San
0: Francisco's uh, two and one against them the last three times they've met.
1: Yeah, they definitely play them very well and you know, it could be a shitty weather game. So throwing the ball might not be as easy and it's going to come down to the ground game. This one could be good. I think Nick Bosa still in concussion protocol, which is huge for the Packers. If he does not go, um, I, I picked Green Bay in the beginning of the year, and I, I you can't win the Super Bowl by losing in the playoffs, so i got to stick with them. I'm going Green Bay.
0: I think the spread speaks for itself, too. It's a six-point favorite right, um, right now in favor of Green Bay. Uh, but now, give me the Packers here. I think uh, it's going to be a fun game to watch, for sure, because these guys always have great games. I cannot wait for this one. Um, but, yeah, I think the Packers take it. I mean, Aaron Rodgers on, what, three weeks rest right now? He didn't play most of the Lions game. Yeah, he
1: played maybe... Maybe a half, give or Yeah.
0: So he's on a good rest. He said his toe's going to be healed. He's, plus, he gets a weapon back. Cobb's back this week, too. Yep. Um, so. And they got a lot of
1: guys on defense are hoping to have back, which yeah. is huge because their their defense was a little banged up. And when healthy, they have a really good defense. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah take, I'm, I'm taking the Packers here. I'm going with Green Bay as well. This uh, is where you're getting juicy. Right Sunday here. is my interesting yep, day. Yep. Sunday, first game, we have Los Angeles against Tampa Bay. I'm going with the Rams.
0: Yeah, If the Rams of last week show That's up, That's exactly sure. how I'm
1: looking at it. I look at it as like... They played out of their fucking mind, though. They, their defense was all over the place. Aaron Donald is a fucking freak. I remember when... I know... I don't like to go back and, and rehash beginning of the season kind of shit because it's a totally different animal in the playoffs. But when the Rams and Patriots, No, I'm sorry. When the Rams and uh, Buccaneers... It's just instinct to say Patriots when you're thinking about Tom Brady. When, uh, when they faced off early in the season, though, Matt Stafford threw for four touchdowns. It was a really good game uh I think if I'm not mistaken the Rams won that game because they stayed undefeated right I think so yeah yeah so the Rams won early in the season they look great and it was at home Tampa Bay is tough to beat at home they especially with since Brady got there they are really hard to beat they went I think seven and one at home this year or eight and one whatever however many games they played they
0: and won 34 24.
1: okay in yeah week three it was kind of yeah kind of an assing realistically. And I think their only loss at home this year for Tampa was that New Orleans Saints game where it showed that a really, really good defense can shut the Patriots or the, I keep calling the Patriots, the Buccaneers down. And the Rams defense is not as good. It should be as good as New Orleans, but it's pretty damn good. It may not be as good, but it's pretty damn good.
0: Stanford went off for 343 and four touchdowns that game.
1: Had a great game. And I think with the injuries mounting up for the, the the Buccaneers, I think with all the drama with Antonio Brown, uh, uh, Bruce Arians hitting the players, I think that could cause a little issue in the locker room. I mean, some some players probably look at that and lost a little respect for Arians, and it might cause a little distraction on Sunday. I think Sean McVay is going to have his team focused and ready to go, and I'm going with the Rams.
0: Yeah, the point spread here is three, so it's a pick em. Um, no, I mean, honestly, I'm, it's, this is a coin toss for me because if the Rams of last week show up, then it's the Rams all the way because their defense was just playing out of their mind. Um, but it's hard to pick against Brady in, in, in any kind of offseason. I, mean, right. I mean, playoffs. I mean, I just
1: personally, I hate Tom Brady. I'm sick of seeing him win. <laughs> uh, I'll talk about it next week, but I actually read. I, well, I didn't read it. I skimmed through it because it's a fucking weird book. The TB12 method book. Oh, yeah. I, t- I got it out of the library because I, I didn't know what it was. And it is a fucking it, it's like. Basically, it's an instruction manual on how to start a cult. It is so weird. It's like breaking down how he drinks like 300 ounces of water a day. Every other page is just an advertisement for some TB12 products. You can buy TB12 protein. You can buy TB12 electrolyte squirts into your water, t-shirts, everything. It goes. Brady squirts in my mouth. He could squirt whatever you want him to. (laughs) They have. It's just such a weird fucking book. Like nothing in in the book is sustainable by a normal human being. For pro athletes, sure. Why write a fucking book about it? A diet that well, we could he, never have. He
0: just wants to to brag how he's still old as fucking playing so well. Um, do you see the new thirty for thirty by, just to, on Tom Brady coming out on February 9th? No, uh, no, sorry, seventh. It's the uh, Tuck Rule or the tuck, oh really the Tuck the Tuck Rule thirty for thirty. So it talks about the entire uh, that game and how that rule changed uh, the trajectory of some certain
1: things. I personally just I am sick of Tom Brady winning. I'm over him. I need him to hit Father Time and officially be done and go away i hate it i don't watch patriots documentaries and shit like that i hate them i think that they cheated you know my stance on that uh sincerely tom brady go fuck yourself i hope you lose this week
0: well with that said i'm taking the buccaneers so uh, <laughs> Tampa Bay for kyle
1: rams for me now this one is the game of the week and i am kind of bummed because i have a concert to go to on sunday night oh who's playing so it's a band called No Pressure that I wasn't even intending intending on going to. It is the lead singer of another band that I like that I asked Tara to get me tickets to for Christmas. She clicked a link from the lead singer's bio, and it turned out it was for this show with his second band, not the main show that I wanted to go to in April. So she bought tickets to the show, not knowing that it wasn't even the main band that Women. we want to see. Man. So the bands are similar. It is what it is, but it is just funny that it's not the main band. But I figured, fuck it. It's at the Foundry in Lakewood. We'll go but i'll be missing this game missing a hell of a game and it is the kansas city chiefs against the buffalo bills could be truly the game of the year these two teams faced off early in the season buffalo came out on top that was back when kansas city was still trying to find their identity now they've both found their identities it's going to be a shootout both of them is it though or you think it'll be a shootout I both think so. defenses have been playing so fucking well too i think too.
0: so i think over under i think 55 points
1: maybe what, what is that, the official over-under? No, I don't think it is. I'm just guessing here. But oh. you know why we're looking
0: at it? Yeah, like if you doing? could
1: look it up, yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, I, I I went in with some real mixed feelings about this because, obviously, you have the Bills who are playing next-level football. You have the Chiefs who are playing next-level. Uh, you have, I mean, obviously, Josh Allen and the Bills have been in the playoffs for the last three years. So they're no stranger to the playoffs, but they're a stranger to success. I was
0: so close.
1: 54 and a half. Okay. So right there. Yeah. Um, the the Chiefs obviously have a ton of success. They just won the Super Bowl two years ago. Patrick Mahomes is an MVP. They were in the Super Bowl last year. So their culture is winning. They they know how to do it. They've been there. Andy Reid has been there. Sean McDermott has not been there. I mean, he loses to the Chiefs almost every year in the playoffs. That's kind of his thing. Do they get over that hump this week? I'm saying no. I have to wow. go. I have to go with the Chiefs. I just have to go with the better team. Uh they're at home. It's tough to play at Arrowhead. I think Buffalo on the road, it's going to be a little trickier for them. And, again, I think it's just that that monkey on their back of can we beat Mahomes? And I don't think it's going to be as easy as it was against the Patriots last week.
0: Interesting. So uh, I'm going Bills here. All right. Uh, I think, uh, like you said, they've both found their way. And uh, the team that I saw last week against a, uh, I would assume, a, a defensive plan that was meant to slow down Allen um, failed. And I, I don't think Andy Reid's better coach than, than – um, um, Belichick, but he has a better defense, I think, maybe yeah. on par. Um, but I think Allen's just—I think that that offense is just churner and and it's and going. It's going to be fun to watch. But I, I'm taking the Bills here. It's going to be a shootout for sure, though.
1: I think if you look at the the history of rookie quarterbacks in the playoffs, their success rate is fucking abysmal. There's just no success for rookie quarterbacks in the playoffs. So. With that being said, when you have the Buffalo Bills, who, I mean, were the number one defense in football, going up against a rookie quarterback, he's just destined to fail. Yeah. So that they stood no chance. I think that was just – Patriots didn't even – they, they didn't deserve to be even be in the playoffs. Um, Chiefs, on the other hand, that's a different breed. They – obviously, Mahomes is an MVP candidate. I don't think he's going to make the same mistakes that Mac Jones did. I think their defense is – the Kansas City Chiefs defense, from watching them play against Pittsburgh, I know it was against Pittsburgh who are – like basically all, you know, one year away from a retirement home, watching the Chiefs' defense though they're so fast, they're so strong. When they tackle, they fucking they make you feel it. Like I'm watching the game and I'm like, holy shit! Like they're they're quick, they hit hard. I think Buffalo is going to be a little shocked by that, and it's going to be one of those they're going to get punched in the mouth early. And can they can they uh, come back from that? And until I see Buffalo get over the hump of Kansas City, I can't pick them.
0: You are you are gonna watch him. It's gonna be this Sunday at 6 15.
1: It may be the case. Maybe I go to <laughs> maybe I go down with a loss here, but I gotta stick with my guns and I gotta go Kansas Either City. Either way it's
0: gonna be a fun weekend of football.
1: Basically the same reason you're picking Tampa Bay is why I can't pick against Kansas City. Makes sense. You just have that young face of the NFL, Patrick Mahomes, and I just think he's gonna be a guy that just wins for the next ten plus years. That's yeah. just what he does. And I don't think I don't think this team is any worse than their team last year. And Buffalo's offense is just a year older. They haven't really gained anything either. So I think in just head-to-head matchup, I got to go with Kansas City. All right, we'll see. All right, that's going to do it for us, everybody. We will talk to you again next week to recap these games and get you ready for the AFC and NFC championships. And again, as we approach the end of the show, just want to remind you that February 9th, Wednesday at 7, I'm sorry, 8 p.m., 9 p.m.? What time do we go live? What, starting at what 9. Day,
0: what day you talking about? The February 9th? Yeah. Uh, 9 o'clock.
1: 9 o'clock is our show. I couldn't remember. So the 9th at 9, check us out. We'll be on Redline Radio. We'll share it on our page and all that shit. You guys will be well-informed of everything, but just another friendly reminder.
0: Can't wait for everyone's insights tuning in to tell us how mean we are.
1: Cannot wait. Yeah, Browns fans out there that have a problem with the way we talk, uh, feel free to call. Absolutely. I would love to get some phone calls. We have a phone line. We'll give out the number of the day of the show. So make sure you're following and listening. And, uh, again, quick rules. This is just who I am. I don't have time for your bullshit. If you want to go talking and you think you're going to have two minutes to break something down, that's not the case. I will tell them to hang up on you. If you start yelling and just not making any sense, I will hang up on you. Uh, You have a short leash with me. I don't put up with this shit. You either bring me strong facts or get the fuck off the line. Yeah. That's that's how I roll. Our, our producer will know the rules. I will one hundred percent be like, when you see me point,
0: that's it. Hang up. It's giving us sweet chin music, as they say at local stations here.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll have to come up with our own uh, <laughs> exit sound for people. But I, again, if you want to call, bring it strong. I want you to have good takes. Uh, but again, don't abuse it. You're not getting thirty seconds. I hated that with stereo when people would leave a message and it's a minute and a half, and I'm like, fuck, I don't want to sit here and listen to your whole fucking message. Yep. Be quick. Be concise. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you again next week. Have a good night.